You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Awesome, 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 awesome. That you're awesome I'm glad I'm not a possum Cause I'm awesome And that's awesome with you Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36 of That's Awesome with Joe I am Joe, thank you guys for being here Um, We took a week off last week Get some stuff organized We have a bunch more interviews coming out for you guys Uh, I'm really excited about this one This week is with Chad from the band Legend and For the Fallen Dreams. We actually spoke about, I think it was over a month ago. Um, so listening back through this one and remembering, you know, what we talked about was pretty fun. Chad and I have a lot of similar music taste uh, from when I was younger and everything. A lot of the same more obscure bands we were into. So that was a really pleasant experience to talk about. But um, I really enjoyed talking with Chad because um, I actually have seen... For the Fallen Dreams, so many times I realized this after the interview um, from when I was working shows in college and even in high school. So I've seen Chad perform so many times, never got the chance to meet him and to kind of come full circle, you know, more than a decade later to hear where he's at now after seeing, I don't even know how many times, but I, I remember specifically like Melrose VFW and in uh, just north of Boston and, you know, just hall shows and stuff like that it was, it was pretty cool. Um, Legend was one of those bands kind of, it seems like kind of built out of uh, just wanting to play music with like-minded people at a point where, you know, not really sure what other projects were doing and everything. It was it was an interesting story. So I think people enjoy it. And Chad was a, a lot of fun to talk to. So I won't keep you much longer. Let's send it over to Chad. Go on his Chad from For the Fallen Dreams and Legend. Chad, thank you so much for ch- uh, joining us and coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, why don't we just start real quick? Um, first off, how are you? How have you been during quarantine, all that stuff? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird, obviously, thing for everybody in a band and just the everyday Joe to go through everything that's going on. But um, yeah, it... Uh, it leaves lots of time for uh, artistic, um, you know, uh, reevaluation. So for sure. uh, I, uh, 
I don't know. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird. Every every musician I talk to, it's like, especially, you know, I started this podcast right at the beginning of quarantine, just like everyone else, just because I was bored, right? Yeah. Um, and it started as being like, fuck, this sucks. Like, when are we going to be able to tour again? And then people just like, I, I really admire um, just the music industry as a whole during this whole thing, because I feel like everyone's adapted really well, right? Like bands yeah. have been able to use the time wisely. There's been no shortage of content and new music. The live stream thing, I think, is great. So um, it's interesting to hear how like, it was so totally devastating at the beginning and how people have kind of turned it into this positive thing that like, yeah, it still sucks, but like, let's just make the most of it. Right. Yeah. I I agree completely. You know I mean? I I think it first started off and people were just like, Oh fuck, I want to tour. Oh, I need to be on the road. I need to be on the road. And, um, you know, for, for some guys that there's always that divide, there's, there's a lot of guys who are, that's what they live, eat and breathe is making sure that they're on the road and they're touring, you know? Right eight to, you know, 11 months out of the year. And then there's the guys who are more prone to just focusing on the records and the material they're putting out. I'm, I'm a, a, and as like a lot of people, probably a little bit of both, but I definitely lean more towards, um, working on music and recording. That's, that's, that's kind of my thing. I I enjoy that much, much more than, and being on the road nonstop. I mean, I'm, I'm 33. So I'm in the same boat. Hey, I'm 32 and like, 10 days. So we're around. Hey, the same there we, we go. go. Um, but I'm the same way. Like I, I love playing shows and I think if I could never play shows, I would like really crave it, but I definitely get my energy from writing and sitting behind the computer and just like tinkering away. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Very into that. Um, but I'm glad to hear like quarantine has been at least somewhat positive for you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, and I know that you've been busy like putting out lots of new stuff. I know you have two active bands going right now, so we'll definitely touch on that stuff. But um, yeah. why don't we start with, and I know I mentioned this before, um, let's start at the beginning, uh, your story. So like, when did, was was For the Fallen Dreams like your first band? No, 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 no. Um, Lord, I, I want to say probably I had four, maybe five bands before For the Fallen Dreams. I mean, these are- you how know, like really serious were those? Uh, I mean, at the time that was the end all be all, you know? So, right. <laughs> um, it's, it's always been a thing, man. I think, um, my, my very first band, I was 12, maybe 13 mm-hmm. and I was in a band, it was a band called self evolution and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, um, I played bass. It was, it was half, uh, it was, it was probably 75% covers and right. then a few originals, um, but you know, I was, what kind was of band ma- was it? It was, it was weird. Uh, cause was that was like, band? it was, it was a punk band for the, for yeah, the most part. Punk yeah. <laughs> so we did like, we did a cover of, um, chick magnet by MXPX. Oh, that rules. Uh, My first yeah. band did a cover of a ton of MXPX songs. But- yeah. They were just, they were simple. They were easy. And back then, man, they were one of those bands that like, even the recording sounded fucking great. So, yeah. Uh, and they were the MX- band that like, when you're young, it's like, Oh, they're, their bass player. Like plays bass parts that aren't just like yeah so it was always exactly them in green day right like because i started with bass very early on and that was some nimrod stuff yep less than yeah green day mxpx there you go yeah exactly we did um we did a cover of uh journey to the end of the east bay by rancid that rules um yeah so that's that's really where i started man i was it was just um i was a 
always drawn to like the alternative side as a kid. Like, um, it didn't even really have to do with music. I think like, uh, I'm a huge NBA fan. I'm a huge basketball fan. And okay. a big thing for me in like middle school, maybe younger was like, it wasn't even a band that drew me to the alternative side. It was like guys like Dennis Rodman is as strange that it is, but oh. like Dennis so Rodman like was like culture of even like <clears throat> the NBA. Yeah, it was, it was then I was just like, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, wow, he's he different. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't give he's a so shit. Awesome. He's different. Like, this is so cool. So I was like, it's, it's weird. Cause like when, you know, most band guys were like, Oh yeah, I saw this or that. For me, it was like a guy like Dennis Rodman opened up the doors for me to feel comfortable and being different. So that's, I was, that's really I was, cool. you know, I was a kid in middle school playing middle school basketball games and the other, you know, divisions that we had in our, mm. <clears throat> in our area. And I had like green hair, purple hair that I would spike and it was weird, man. But, um, That's yeah. Great. So, it, so then, you know, it kind of turned in, into the music thing. Cause, um, the drummer of that band when I was 12 or 13, um, his older brother, uh, was like a guy who went to every concert. He was like, eight years older than us. So he was going to like all the Oz fests. He was going, uh -huh. like, you know, when 90, 98, 99. So yeah, yeah. we would just start playing music and his room was like, I remember our, across the hallway from where we would jam and he had like, you know, mud vein posters and, uh -huh. and soul fly gotcha. posters. So it, just immediately I was like, this is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so your, your influences was your, was your drummer's brother and Dennis Rodman. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, man. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's why it's, it, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter like, it, uh, who it was or what it was. It was just, right. whatever. It, it just felt at that time. It was just so cool to me. Like it was just that, right. I don't know. And, and it Were clicked. Those the and, bands that got you into heavy music, like Mudvayne, that kind of stuff, Ozfest bands. For sure. I've, I've all, that's always been kind of my niche. Um, you know, I, I know I'm in like a, you know, a heavy, you know, uh, deathcore ish and then a post hardcore metalcore band. But yeah, like where I sit most comfortably and what I listen to is still the same records and the same yeah. bands that I listened to when I was 14 years old. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> revisiting all those old records is a daily occurrence for me. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, 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 as far as like new bands go, it's, it's few and far between, but I'm still, you know, latched on to, to what I started with. And then how did um, you, from that age, wait, is it, so the first band was like a punk band after that, did you start getting into more of that, like heavier music and playing that well, kind of we, stuff? We also like our guitar player, uh, who was 11, uh, he played guitar and he was big into like punk. So he was like the punk guy. And then gotcha. me and the drummer, uh, we're more into like the Ozfest stuff. So we did a tool cover. We did tool covers. We did it all. And then, wow. um, yeah, yeah. And then, a lot uh, for our 12 year olds to play. <laughs> to <be> tell, <laughs> I mean, I can't say that we did it well, but like, you know, we'd go from journey to the end of the East Bay and chick magnet to, to, um, uh, tool songs. And then yeah. that we did like my own summer, so, uh, shove it by Deftones. Yeah. Um, oh, that rules. Yeah. So starting out there, man, was just, um, that was where, you know, playing bars, playing, uh, which was strange. So yeah. we would go into these like legitimate, like dive bars. And How as a kid, were you in your first show, uh, 13, damn, I think yeah. I was 14. 
Yeah. That's not. So we were playing like a teen night. It was, it was a teen night every Wednesday and uh, we would play every Wednesday. You had a residency. Pretty much every (laughs) Wednesday. And there was like, uh, you know, two or three other bands that, that we were all younger guys Mm -hmm. who played those shows with us. And they were, you know, the guys who always headline was this band called Arising, um, which is a, a friend of mine who I still talk to. The singer, his name is Matt Dalton. Um, he did like front of house for all that remains and stuff like that too. Oh, okay. So he's he's still very versed in uh, in the music world. So it's that's crazy. But um, yeah. that's kind of how it started, man. Was just was just playing dive bars. Just um, just I, I remember calling because I'm I, I grew up and I'm from a very small town. Like my graduating class was like 68 people or something like that uh-huh. and um, wow that's really small very small so like the city was like 20 miles away from me and that was the city of Saginaw and uh I remember calling just random bars like 14 15 years old had no clue what people even fucking did in a bar besides you know what I mean and yeah. I would call up these bars and be like hey can we play there can we play at your bar and they were just so like this 14 year old kid on the phone. They're wondering what That's the crazy. fuck is up. Did you ever yeah. have issues where like you couldn't be in the bar except for when you were playing? Yeah. 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 I remember Which having was... that when I started touring, it was like just the most degrading experience. <laughs> Sit in your van. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was so, the uh, youngest guy in the band. So I would always have to be in the van alone while everyone else was like, yeah. Uh, Playing with uh, the, you know, your Nintendo DS. I think I was or, playing or Sims on my computer all the time. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, so well, you know that. Bl- yeah, that blossomed into you know just really just continuously playing music, and then yeah, by and you were just by exposing playing- yourself to more and more stuff at that point, right? Exactly, and right. and playing in the city, and playing with other bands on teen night or whatever mm-hmm. it was, they were older. So these guys were like 17, 18. Yeah. And, um, and that just blossomed into them being like, Hey, you should come play bass for this band or you should right. come do this for this band. So that turned into, you know, uh, the same gig, man, just That's playing cool. and, and growing, um, from a very young age. See, so, I like that. Um, I, I had a similar story cause I was always the young guy in the scene. Like when I started playing, And Mm -hmm. I've said this to a few people, but it's something that I haven't talked about on the podcast a lot is like how important it is to network when you're younger at your local shows because you have no idea who's going to like just keep going one day, right? Right. Like on this podcast, I have interviewed so many people that I grew up playing shows with like 15 years ago that are now like, you know, doing it. Yeah. Right. And so you never know like how that's going to happen. Like the way I got into ice nine kills is only because me and Spencer have known each other for 15 years playing local shows. That's you right. Know? So yeah, it's just shit cool. like that. Like you never know when that stuff is going to just come back. Networking yeah. is like so important at every level. Yeah. And at that young, you don't even realize you're networking. You're just like you're just hanging out hungry. You're hungry to play music. And mm-hmm. you know, like the older, it's just like, like human instinct that you think like the older guys and the bands you like are like cool. So you want to like yeah. be in with that crowd well, it's and like play the music they're right? playing. Yeah, so like for sure. When you're growing up and you play a local show and it's like a look, like you play that. I remember playing one of my first local gigs where the show was like packed Right. And and the headlining band, I was like, 
these guys are living the dream right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, for play real. This, this church basement venue and pack out 150 kids every day. Yep. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, you know? exactly, man. That was yeah, that was the heyday. That and I reflect on those years a lot because you know from you know 2002 to 2004 and and you know all that in between like that's when things really started going here so we had a really strong local scene like in yeah. in the northern michigan, michigan it was yeah. we would get bands up here like big grind bands like you know bodies in the gears of the apparatus mm. and uh, ed ed gein they um, are one Sayo. of my favorite bands ever no ed shit gein. yeah oh that's I love rad that band. love that yeah band. we it was a big like grind scene. So we would put on these, uh, I mean, I, I would put on these festivals. I would just book bands that I liked. So I would book mm -hmm. bands up here, like, um, into the moat, mm. um, uh, daughters, like the whole shebang. You're another one of like, my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, the guitar player of FTFD, like him and I are like, uh, Canada songs is we mm, played that record. Dude, amazing. Timeless record. Timeless yeah. record. I grew up uh, like seeing that band all the time just because they were from my area and they were like so Rhode Island, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm in Boston, but they would always play Middle East and yeah. Cambridge all the time. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know just doing that and then booking like booking these like at the time what we considered to be like rock star bands. You know what I mean? Like oh my god, right. like Misery Signal. I booked Misery Signals. This is fucking yeah. crazy. Or yeah. I booked you know Into the Moat. This is wild and seeing them doing what like i wanted to do i was like mm -hmm. well i'm still touring or i'm not touring but i'm still in these bands and i would obviously put my bands on these shows right right and it kind of set the standard for you know like okay if they can do this i can do this and um yeah man i, I was in a band you called just, like, tried to start touring and stuff pretty much it, it, it i it was a crazy story because I was in a band called um, like my first band that was like actually something that was like a business. people. Yeah. People came out to see us. We pressed mm -hmm. our own CDs. Like people gave a shit. Like when we played a show, we would pack out wherever we were playing. And that was a band yeah. called Aries, Aries Latum. And that band after I left ended up turning into the band King 810. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's funny. A yeah, friend of mine so, plays in that band now. Okay. Yeah, so King 810, when they first started, was actually called Aries Latum before they changed their name and their style, obviously. But um, I was in Aries Latum, and I would book For the Fallen Dreams at these shows because they were a local act in Michigan that were, were coming up, and they were doing, like, their touring at the time. They would go out and uh, tour with, you know, just, just mini stuff, even, like, Ohio, yeah. Indiana, just surrounding states. And um, <clears throat> they ended up losing a bass player and I was singing for the Aries Latum band. And I was like, well, I still play bass. I would, I would love to do it. So I joined for the fallen dreams and probably late 2004, early 2005. Mm -hmm. And that's when you and was that your first uh, experience like on the road? My first tour. So I joined the band. We played a few local shows, maybe about six months. And then we booked a tour with uh, this band called Legia. Um, yeah, from my who, area. Yeah. yeah, from your area. And so we booked I a tour. I cannot tell you how many times I've played shows with that band. I couldn't That's count. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> G was like a big deal then because it was like if you signed to a label like a Ferret or a right. Trust Kill or a Victory. I miss how were, iconic that Ferret logo is, by the way. I always think yeah, about that. So the, sick. The gun, the gun. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, so we were like, oh, man, this is rad. We're on a tour with a ferret band. And uh, we had, I remember we did that tour with Legia. This was my senior year of high school. And uh, I left school early to do it. I was going to ask what that experience was. It's always interesting hearing how people like justify or like, I guess, what you have to sacrifice to go on and do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, for any younger listeners, I wouldn't recommend dropping out of high school. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's 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 one of those things like I wouldn't I would never, ever uh, do it any differently. Like, right, uh, right. It just, it was the only, from doing it as early as I did it from my first band, playing bass and playing covers, Mm -hmm. to then being to the point where I get to go on tour with a signed band. Right. It was it was a no brainer. It and was especially it was, being what were you like seventeen, eighteen years old? At the yeah, time? yeah, That's, yes, I was. I was. I was. I was seventeen, and yeah. uh, I I told and my parents were always very supportive, and I, I told them I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> I'm not finishing high school. I'm I'm going <laughs> on the road, uh, and for whatever reason, they were um, they were cool. oddly supportive of it. That's great. You know what's funny is I I, I went to uh, when I was in. I think I was a junior in high school. I saw the Foo Fighters play on like an acoustic tour. It was like an intimate thing. Yeah. And a friend of mine was on the tour like doing, um, he was like a stagehand or something, but he was like on the tour. Um, And he like, I got to chat very, very briefly with the band. And Dave Grohl told me, because he was like, are you, are you, trying to do music and i was like yeah i mean ultimately that's what i would like to do and he was like well i dropped out of high school to do this just saying yeah. <laughs> and i was like yeah man all right <laughs> okay that's rad it's yeah. just it's one of those things man if, if it like anything in life if, if you're passionate enough about it and that's what you want to do there's no time for anything but that like you have to it put really does and- like it, it it demands more of a commitment than I think people even realize when they start to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Especially at that grinding stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a long road. I mean, you got the best It is the best, right? I yeah. It, it's, it's something that you can't go to school for. You can't I, I read missed, in those a book. Are the best years of my life, like the early touring years. Cause it was just yeah. so shitty that it was yeah. like in the bonding that you get with like the other bands you're on tour with. And like, those are some yep. of my closest friends are from that time, you know? Yeah. That's rad, man. Yeah. I, uh, I still, I still talk to some of the guys, um, from, from back then that I used to tour with like, uh, another first FTFD tour was with, uh, that band Endwell from uh, victory mm-hmm. at the time. I remember that. And, uh, as blood runs black was another band that we toured yeah, now with. Their guitarist is in ice nine. Now he's my roommate. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, I don't no think shit. he was in the band at the time though. I think he joined in like 2011 or something. That's still really cool though, because I think yeah. we did the tour with them in 2007. It was right when they had their big MySpace pop. Yeah, I actually think he joined in 09. That's when he joined. Okay. so it was like a little bit after that. But yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. So that's your first experience with For the Fallen Dreams, is just playing bass. Yes. Yep. So when I was did that not- transition? Um, yeah, I mean, I never really intended on ever being a singer. That wasn't really my, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that was what I was always drawn to. Like I loved like the Corey Taylors and the Chad Grays and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Max Cavaleras. I was, I was always very, you know, stoked on the front man. I obviously like most people are. Um, 
but bass was just kind of my thing at the time. And, uh, I was a huge fan again of like Mudvayne and uh, Ryan, the bass player. I thought he was just like the coolest motherfucker in the world. So Doesn't he have I bought, another like weird, like prog funk fusion. He band? does. He does. I can't remember the name of it, but just, uh, yeah, me neither. But when I, I was a booking agent for a short time and I booked a tour for them and I don't remember that's awesome. the name of it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, he's he's unreal still to this day. Uh, just just uh, absolutely unreal musician. And uh, so, so you know, so I bought like a I bought a Warwick back then, like the Corvette series. That was like my one of my first nice yeah. bigger purchases. I got that, and uh, you know, I, I I played bass for FTFD for probably close to a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the singer at the time. Um, we were just trying to do something a little different. He didn't fit the mold. So we were like, okay, you know, back then you, you, when you're young, you're just ruthless. So you were like, I know kick, yeah. kicking everybody out. It didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. He, before we go there, like what was the, what was that transition like moving from playing bass to being a vocalist? Well, I, I like always that's like a very different thing. Very, especially, yeah, because bass, you know, everybody considers bass, like, the, for whatever strange right. reason people it's consider like bass to be, like... which one of my friends wants to be in my band kind of instrument. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you play guitar, but you're my friends play right. bass. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was, I tried to be a legitimate bass player. I didn't want to play root notes. I wanted to, like, mm-hmm. run scales and, and do the whole thing. And, um, yeah, that, but like I said, before I joined For the Fallen Dreams, I was singing for that, I was screaming right, for that right. band, Aries Latum. So the guys you already the knew. Yeah, the guys already knew that I, you know, I could do it. And they were like, well, why don't you just do it? And I was, I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? I guess I can. And so um, it wasn't like you wanted, you were like gunning for it. It was just more no. of a circumstantial thing. Yeah, it kind of just worked out that way. And um, I had the, you know, the experience and, um, from a young age, I, I always had a good um, gauge of how to be a frontman, mm-hmm. how to be that guy to you know control a crowd or um, you know talk talk to the fans. Like that's that's was just something that came very natural to me. So gotcha. yeah, that, that that transition wasn't that rough, obviously. Um, and then from there, you know, we we kept going. We started doing demos uh, right away, and my voice was dog shit. Like. Because <laughs> um, I used to do like inward screams. Oh, okay, yeah. Which requires no talent. It just the, requires um, low shit, right? Yeah, just like screaming inward, which was didn't make any sense. Um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I I, I, if, if it works, it works. Whatever. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked. Here I am. So it got me there. But yeah. um, yeah. Uh, so you know, just trying to be better then, and I, you know, I was. Then I was starting to listen to, you know, a different, more, now that I was immersed more in like the metalcore world, I was, kind of I was listening to bands like Glassjaw and Poison mm-hmm. the Well mm-hmm. and Atreyu and stuff like that. So I was trying to like, I guess, find my voice through what they were doing. What was that like, um, that, like learning how to use your voice differently? I mean, it, it was not good. Uh, yeah, from the start I, I, because I have I was, a hard time like with the screaming. I I can scream, but I can't sustain it. Right. Yeah, it was just tricking, you know, training and tricking my brain to figure out how to do it. And I remember going in doing uh, for the phone dreams demos, and they were coming out like really bad. Uh, so I was really down on myself. I remember even being like, "Am I even cut out to do this? Like, if I can't even fucking like 
do this multiple days in a row. And then, again, this is, you know, 2007. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, we figured it out. I got there. Kind of just trial and error, just, just beating the shit out of my voice for so long at right. a young age. So, um, and, and at this time, like in that, this is like late 2000s, right? Yeah, 2007, 2008. Um, were you guys we, like road warriors at this point? Because I know, I remember there was a time in this, in that time frame where you were on like every tour poster I saw. Yes, for the Fallen Dream. Well, I mean, I guess... Um, it was that lead up before we signed with Rise. Like, so we were on that as Blood Runs Black tour. We were on a tour with uh, My Children, My Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did I think I tours. played a three run, a three day run with you guys in that time. Okay. Do you remember? Way do back. you remember what tour? We were uh, the local band. I I don't remember. I don't remember if it was like, maybe it was. I for some reason I want to say Gwen Stacy was involved, but I don't know for sure. Probably. I or remember doing I a few. I wrestled a bear once, maybe. Mm. I don't remember. But I remember yeah, I, playing in, in, in a town called Melrose in like a VFW hall. With that sounds, Fallen Dreams. Yeah, that fits the aesthetic. So, yeah. yeah, we did, you know, some Gwen, I think we did a few Gwen Stacy shows. We did, you know, um, some other ones we did. Uh, we did like a three or four day run with a day to remember before a day mm-hmm. to remember was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, that was before we were signed. Oh, I booked so, the date of that tour. I remember. Oh, which one? The date was, of Remember uh, and For the Fallen Dreams. Okay, so it, it was the... I think it was in New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah, so. it was wild. Um, so, yeah, we were really grinding, and we kind of had, you know, like a good gauge of what we wanted to do then. This is before mm-hmm. we even signed with Rise, and we were touring with bands that, like, people actually gave a shit about. Right, so, right. It, uh, it gave us it gave us that extra step and, and before that you know we were hitting the road all the time like we yeah. were on tour uh nine months out of the year yeah um and sometimes we would be out on a two three week run and only you know three quarters of the shows were even booked so mm-hmm. we would like it was just about getting out there yeah we would get on myspace and i remember I, yeah i was doing everything mm-hmm so I remember getting on like MySpace and looking in the search bar for shows in the area that we were. Right. So I would send a MySpace message to, uh, you know, the promoter and be like, Hey, we'll, we'll open the show. We'll play three songs. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to pay us. us in. Right. Yeah. And we would do that. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. we did a show in, in, in Worcester, uh, at the college with, mm-hmm. um, what the fuck was the name of the band? Huge hardcore band. Um, at the time, from Worcester, from Worcester, or from area. that area, from Boston, Worcester. Um, I mean, it could have been like Have Heart, Guns Up, like any of those. Shit guns break. Up, it guns was Guns Up. up. Yeah. We played a show with Guns Up at the Worcester College. Was it fucking and nuts? It was. It was beyond nuts. Yeah, because Guns, guns Up shows were the fucking best, dude. I it was a floor show. It. it was a floor show, and we back then we were like a. We were like an 18 visions ripoff. Okay. okay. So like we all were wearing like, cause they didn't make skinny jeans back then. So we right, were all right. wearing like black girl pants uh-huh. and everyone had like black dyed hair, lip rings, fucking, you know, eyeshadow. Oh, like, I'm sure the guns up crowd loved that. Oh dude. It was <laughs> brutal, brutal. Um, but you know, it was just one of those experiences. Like we're like fucking. We didn't give a shit. We didn't give a yeah. shit. We just wanted to play our music right. and 
And we were on, you know, we had a very, uh, you know, calculated agenda of what we wanted to accomplish. And it didn't matter if we were playing with a hardcore band or a fucking indie band or a grind band. We just wanted to play. So, yeah. And that um, all of that hard work turned into a signing to rise. There you go. Yeah, there we go. That's where you're at. (laughs) Um, So with um, let's let's transition over to legend a little bit. So legend started as like a was it did it start as a side thing like with that intention uh no when i when i left uh for the fallen dreams um i i had been i've been doing it for so long with the band i was just i was burned out and mm-hmm. at a young age i didn't really you know i didn't really know how, how to handle you things when you, when you left um i had to have been 21 22 maybe mm-hmm yeah, because I've been back in the band, and I've been back with Full of Fallen Dreams for over twelve years now. Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> um, crazy. Wait, no, sorry. Yeah, not twelve years. I came back in two thousand twelve, so nine years. Nine years. Still, yeah. Um, but yeah, I. So when I left, I just you know I I was a kid still. I don't really know how to handled things the right way and mm-hmm. i just made that rash decision of being like well i i'm quitting i'm done and that was that i went home and uh, i had no intention of doing music at the time it was just kind of it was very impulse decision like i i, I didn't i don't think i even really thought it through i kind of just was like pissed off at the time was it touring was, or, or like just the lack it was to- of it was definitely or- yeah, it was definitely like the response was great. The band was really doing well then, but I, uh, I was just burned out. Like I was very, I felt like I was missing out a lot on like things at home. My brothers were, I have two younger brothers who were growing up and I just didn't, I don't think I emotionally knew how to navigate those waters that right. young. So yeah. I made that rash decision of just saying I quit and leaving and immediately knowing that well, I'm not done with this, but tried to fool myself into thinking that like, I wasn't going to do music anymore. And, um, like six months after leaving for the fallen dreams, I would, I talked to a few guys I I knew from, uh, near Detroit who were, you know, just writing heavy stuff. And that was kind of something I always like to do more, um, Mm -hmm. than anything. So we, we started legend and that was just, all right, cool. Started legend and started writing some songs. And, uh, I hit up, um, who is still a very close friend of mine, Craig Erickson at rise records. And he was like, yeah, I'll sign the band. (laughs) And we're like, okay. So sign the band on a whim and just like, cool. And, uh, funny story, like for the fallen dreams was on a tour with bleeding through born of Osiris. And, rise dropped for the fallen dreams and kicked them off the tour and put legend on are you serious yeah so it was like a fuck you guys thing it was so funny we laugh about it oh man (laughs) yeah it was it was so it was there was definitely that uh damn what a message by rise yeah (laughs) yeah it it was a rough it was a rough thing at first because there was definitely that competition even if was there there, were were you guys on good terms and it was just kind of this unspoken competition kind of thing we were on good terms like there was no bad blood really but yeah it it was definitely like uh i'm gonna show you motherfuckers kind of thing at first you know so yeah yeah 
It is, man. It yeah. is. You know, it's it, just, you got to have competition. I mean, I love all the bands that we've toured with, but obviously we have competition with. Yeah, them. man. It's, it's just fine. the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, yeah. And so, uh, legend's very first tour was, uh, bleeding through, uh, born of Osiris. That, and that's I was not bad. <laughs> no, no, it was yeah. sick, man. Especially, you know, I was always a huge fan of like the West coast metalcore like a uh, throwdown and, and bleeding through 18 visions, yeah. um, all that stuff. Yeah, we so with the same music, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like from the new metal switch into the darker metal core stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Cause I, I loved, I loved bleeding through and, uh, and vulnerable Cyrus was sick. I want to say sleeping giant was on that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, Man, I haven't heard that name in a while. Right. Right. Yeah. That's not a bad first tour. So, um, no, so did you have an album out already at that time? Um, did we? I think, yes, we did. Yes, we did. We had just put out or we're putting out um, our first record, uh, uh, Valediction, and that um, we recorded with Zeus in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah you know, you, yep, area. I forget your East Coast guys. So, yeah. yeah, you know, did you know, just having those names of like uh, Hatebreed and, Right. Uh, the Acacia Strain. So we were mm-hmm. we were very stoked to record with Zeus. Um, That's uh, I think his studio is like five miles from where I grew up. And uh, uh, I grew up in a name? town called Reading, but I think he was in Wakefield. Was it? Is it Hoy or Ho- Hokefield? Holyoke. Or- Holyoke. Yeah. No, you're right. That's I, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm like an hour from him. That's where he was. Yep. Thinking of the wrong yep. spot. Yeah, so we we did uh we did that first record, put that out on the Bleeding Through tour. Um, yeah, man, same same gig. Was just touring a ton after that, doing a bunch Lots of, of like uh, yeah, did some. I think we did a few runs. I run with Attila. We did some stuff with Oceano. Did some stuff with Molotov Solution. Um, you know, just 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 a run. So, and you guys kind of had a little bit of a break, right? Or were you kind of consistently going? No, Legend was consistently going too. So we did. Joining back with For the Fallen Dreams in the middle of that, though, right? Yeah. So okay, we, well, we put out. Uh, you know, we put out the Pale Horse uh, record, um, which was one of those those records that really helped put a uh, put yeah. Legend there. I think that now, was the one that I was first exposed to. Was that? Album? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was definitely the record that made legend a name like mm-hmm. a band that you knew a band that you know was recognizable uh so the pale horse record and you know and still to this day people you know praise it as one of those early you know like gent records that was, yeah, that was for sure very a little bit you know ahead of its time um yeah so and, and we toured on that and uh it started to slow down and uh, you know and then the manager for FTFD at the time, they knew the other guy was uh, leaving. And so he hit me up and was like, Hey man, you should come back to the band. And I knew that the band was, was still doing, was still doing well. And I knew it was going to be a good move for me mm-hmm. artistically to go back to the band gotcha. um, for, you know, for the exposure, uh, just, it made good business sense uh, for me. To, how how to, old were you at that point? uh let's see here so 2012 i'm 33 now so mid-20s so you had at this it was like a few years off two or three years off from them 
No, I was gone from uh, I was gone for a little over five years. From five years. Years. So yeah. in that time, was it like did you was there always like a part of you that missed it, or was it just kind of again circumstantial? That just it was like definitely circumstantial. Yeah, I, I was I was very focused on Legend at the time. You'll never get out of this band, then. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just yeah, it's just like, asking you over and yeah. over. <laughs> right? Yeah, like oh fuck, here they come again. Yeah, so. you'll be like fifty years old and be like, hey, our vocalist just died of old yeah. age. We need another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck. Stuck with it and came back and. So then you're in two bands at the same time. Um, what year did you join back in? You said 2012 it was? 2012, yeah. And how did you balance kind of two bands being active and relevant at the same time? Uh, Legend wasn't as active. And the yeah, guys knew. When you had kind of started to slow down a bit? Yeah, Pale Horse was out for, you know, I want to say going on two years. And it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't there at the moment and i and again i, I knew that um in, in a business sense it made it, it, it work to go back to for the fallen dreams because people were always stuck on that i wish chad was still in the band i love changes mm-hmm. you know so when when it all lined up it was a big it was a big uh, internet boom there for a minute i remember it when that happened yeah yeah um and you guys pretty much hit the road again pretty hard right yeah, yeah. My my yeah. first tour back was a six week run in in Europe headlining. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, and I had never even practiced. <laughs> I never even right. I, I had never even practiced with the band. Really, just that. jumped in. Jumped in. First show was in Leipzig, uh, Germany. Uh, sold out. And uh, is yeah. Germany like your favorite place to play? Um, I feel like metal. I, I love playing Germany. It's just so awesome. I love the fans there. Yeah, like I have a love-hate relationship with with touring Europe sometimes. Really? Because like the fans are unbelievable. I love like the, fans. the shows are unbelievable, but like the touring over there sometimes is is a little <laughs> rough. It is, man. Tell, tell, like, elaborate. The clubs, you know, like there's dive clubs in the states, mm-hmm. and those are rough. But dive clubs in like Europe are a whole nother fucking thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like Eastern Europe, um, we've had guys get like electrocuted from like the wrong shit. Oh, and like, fuck. just, you know, it's, it, it, it takes some getting warming up to. I mean, I think yeah. I've done uh, six, six year full European runs now and then festival runs. So I'm getting it, it's a little easier uh, right. now, especially now that we do uh, we do well over there. Like yeah. uh, the sh- the shows are better. Our traveling, you know, we're not in the fucking uh, a bus with no windows or a van mm-hmm. with no windows. I think that was like my first two tours over there. That's maybe why I have like a weird relationship sometimes. Is yeah, is uh, my first two tours over there were in vans with no windows. So yeah, I'm just like sucks. sitting in a box, just bobbing yeah. around. That's you can't worst. drive. You can't. Ugh, yeah. But it's 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 definitely improved. Um, well, that's good over there. I love as far as the f- Europe. I love it. Yeah, Food as far as fans and shows go, fans yeah. are great. Like I, there's sure. something about like the attitude of of European, especially like mainland European fans, that they're just so 
brutally honest with every yes. band that it's yes, like so are. refreshing. Like even to hear someone say like, I didn't care for that song. <laughs> yeah, for you real, man. I, mean? I love yeah, that's, that. And that's what I love about that is it's so consistent. Like you can talk to a band that plays indie rock or an EDM band or a heavy metal band and every single one, every single artist who tours in Europe will say the same thing that they're so brutally honest. Yeah. Like it's you great. guys sounded, you guys sounded bad tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I liked the show last time better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, well, thanks for coming. <laughs> I, rem- I remember a guy telling me, uh, he came up to the merch table and he was like, you're much fatter this time. And oh I was like, God. <laughs> I was like, Oh, right on. <laughs> like, Holy shit. Right. That's but yeah, real, respect. Uh, examination yeah. jesus yeah respect to the to the european honesty and i got nothing but love over there so amazing very excited for festival season <laughs> to, to open back up over there yeah so you jump right back into for the fallen dreams excuse me yep <coughs> and then you're right on tour in europe um and then how what 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 happened next? You're you're with For the Fallen Dreams. You still have Legend going. You didn't put anything out with Legend for a few years after that, right? Yeah, yeah. The the um so I I rejoined, you know, 2012, but I was I was still keeping up on it. You know, I knew the people still gave a shit and uh yeah. so in <laughs> the Excuse me. end of 2013, you know, it was just kind of me. So at the end of 2013, I had um who's now one of my best friends, uh, uh, DL, uh, Laskowitz. Um, he hit me up. We had a mutual friend and he, and, and uh, my friend hit me up. And he's like, Hey, DL, um, from the Acacia strand, like loves your shit. You guys should like do something together. And I was like, you know, I was still doing FTFD, but I still wanted to keep legend like a, a an active project. So yeah, yeah I, I was extremely excited because I, uh, I respect, uh, DL as a as a songwriter and just right, like yeah. a, a guitarist so much and I was like oh fuck that's killer like yeah, yeah. let's do something so you know I, I wrote him back and and we we had chit chatted and um, I was like hey man um, why don't you just like join Legend like I, I still have I'm still with Rise like it makes sense it's the same vein of, of music for the most part. And he was on board. So DL, I was actually looking at like a time hop thing the other day and we announced DL in the band, um, in 2013. So I was in FTFD for a year, roughly before DL joined legend. Okay. And then, so then him and I were just stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was, it was chaos. Yeah. Uh, and we were, you know, writing stuff together, um, just, just putting songs and just kind of getting a feel for each other. Like obviously we were both fans of, of, of what each other had done in the past, but just really getting a gauge for where we wanted to take the songs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and DL was experimenting with like singing a lot then. Okay. And I was like, I was like, dude, this is fucking, this is great, man. Like, why don't you do this on the record? It sounds like vocals sound awesome. Yeah, the self-titled right that, yeah. that he sang on. It, it sounds so good. His vocals. The song, the song "Promise" is like such a banger. Like I, I, yeah. I have no problem toot my own horn. Yeah, like that's, I, that's some of my own song. material, I'm like, oh, I love this song. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, 
yeah, we put out the self-titled, which was just a surprise release because we weren't touring. And Rise was like, let's just drop the whole record today. And I was like, oh, uh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, so we did like some uh, some Drake and Beyonce shit and uh, yeah. just dropped the record <laughs> right then and there. But um, yeah, that was a self-title that came out in 2015, 14, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Nuts. Yeah, that yeah. was a big one. I remember when that one dropped. Um, actually, I remember wh- how it dropped. Now that you say that you dropped it overnight like that, I remember that happening. Yeah, it was cool. And I remember I mean, being like, "Is this the first like hardcore band to do something like this?" Right. Yeah, huh. it was. It, Rise, you know, they were they were mad supportive of everything, but they were like, "If you guys aren't touring." And we don't have like a set release like um days like let's just drop this thing yeah and uh, push out what do you got to lose uh, yeah exactly that's all it really was it's just um every re- every release to me is just you know a notch in the belt a resume yeah. uh for who you are what you're proud of doing like in this day and age it's, it's few and far between where you even make money off your fucking record sales anyway so you might as well get it into the hands of the people who who give a shit whether they hate it or they don't at least they're listening mm-hmm. so yeah, that's true. Well, that's a lot, man. I'm trying to keep track of where we are in time because there's like release here. You join a band, you leave a band, you come back. Um, yep. So, so, so we're at yeah, we're we're around when Heavy Hearts picked up for FTFD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. So now you have that album cycle as well. Yeah. Um, Again, let's just jump ahead a little bit because I want to go. I want to focus on the most recent stuff that you've put out for both bands. So 2018 is when you dropped the latest for the fallen dreams album, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and let's talk about that experience a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, so, uh, with that record, man, it was, um, you know, we did heavy hearts and it was perceived well. Um, but we knew, and I think it's just as, um, just like anything else, as you get older, you know, your palate changes, the kind of movies you mm-hmm. like, uh, anything else, you know, you're going to want to grow. And I think artists obviously get shat on more than anybody for, for growing, whether it be in a good way or it doesn't matter if, it, if you execute it poorly or you kill it. Like people naturally just want to progress. It's, it's, yeah. it's the fucking it's human nature. So um with that in mind you know we didn't want to write another just metalcore breakdown record which there's still plenty of and that's you know that's in our dna of how it started Mm -hmm. but you know i was like okay well let me let me really tap into something else Uh, let me see what i can push myself in doing um so i tried doing a different style of vocals i tried doing the more like post-hardcore uh screaming stuff uh gets compared to bring me the horizon which is fine right right Uh, (laughs) so uh we went down that road and um we kind of pushed songs in a way that if we were ever going to lose any fans it would have been on that record but i feel like we didn't i don't feel like like we did at all no if anything we, we we pulled in a bigger audience yeah you know like um it's my favorite one that you guys have done Thank you, man. For, yeah, for it's sure. it's got a lot. It just has more depth to it, more flavor. It's not just heavy. It, it shows, it showcases that Jim can sing. It's that I'm a more really well written songs too. Like they're they're structured. Yeah, 
great. Yeah, jo- Josh uh, Schroeder at Random Awesome Studios. You know, he does. Uh, he did all the Legend stuff. He did all the um, newer FTFD stuff. He does King Eight One Zero. He did the Color Morale. Like one of my again, one of my close friends. Amazing producer. Um, he really helped put things in perspective and helped us rewrite and redefine what the the For the Fallen Dreams sound was. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it showed, man. I mean, I'm a huge critic of everything I do. So there's a lot of songs on that that I, I really do not like. But really? the songs that are, yeah, I'm, but I'm in Did, that case. Was it like so. after the fact that you didn't like them or you knew even going into the release? Um, uh, Probably a little bit of both. There's some yeah. going into it that I was like, man, this song sucks, but whatever. <laughs> but that, but then I'll touch on that as we get to it of, of that mindset. Um, but yeah, there's some really strong songs in there too. Like Unstoppable is doing really well still. Mm-hmm. I think it's at like 16 million views on yeah. uh, YouTube. That's not uh, bad. Not that bad. Not for bad. His, we had no release date either, like or uh, no uh, CD release. Like we didn't do any touring. We had no tours at the time. There was so you no. Just dropped mar- it just in the middle of nothing happening, nothing else yeah, scheduled. Nothing. There was no, there was no marketing campaign for it. Nothing like every single view. I mean, people obviously hit refresh and listen over and over, but mm-hmm. that is a product of a completely organic, uh, organic views, man. Like, uh, uh, the algorithm just for whatever reason, lightning in a bottle hit at the right time with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, pissing my pants over 16 million views but at at for what it is and how it came up to be pretty um, fucking good 15 yeah, million they, views it's pretty good yeah not bad for a couple years or two yeah it's, it's probably going on three years now but that, that's yeah. a solid number of listeners that's it's steady growing like i want to say two months ago it was at 15 million so it's it's, it's gaining heat still yeah. and that was something that again it was it was it's uh it's an enigma man yeah i mean i think you've beat every one of our videos for sure right like a lot with that right so that's pretty good what what band are you in ice nine oh duh well how did no one tell me this (laughs) i'm newer in the band so it's kind of all over the place um okay but um yeah i play congratulations man you guys are killing it that's 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 great um we i also play in a band called nova charisma on evr which is like a smaller like newer side project of a bunch okay of right on different thing um yep. but yeah um definitely crushing there i love that album i think it's great start to finish honestly thanks man um, thank you yeah that's like definitely you know i i've i've talked about this before but there are there are bands that like grow with my taste just coincidentally and that right. was like one of those albums that I was like, I don't think I'm, I need another like just straight metal core album. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? I, I, yeah. It was like a perfect transition with my yep. taste too. So yeah. And that's, and that's why you can hear that. Like just again, just that natural, like, especially if it were in the same age bracket of just like progressing at that same time, like people mm-hmm. in their late twenties and thirties are, you know, music is not, the same like things are changing you want to hear stuff that's more polished like it's just right. it's just natural you don't even mean to do it it's the same with like i said you're, you're or fucking less palette. polished even right like a lot of my the bands that i loved i don't know if less polished is the the way to say it but even a band like i think about the two bands i always think about with their progression are under oath and thrice 
because they started as such like staples in like a metal core kind of like almost like pop metal core for sure and then just totally like figured out what they wanted and what they liked where like thrice is pretty much just like this heavier like blues band almost now yeah Under man. Oath, i love it for a minute, yeah me too under oath turned into like the darkest version of the deftones i feel yeah. like right it's just really cool yeah and and you can in it's uh you know not to keep repeating myself but you in the progression as human beings you see that through your music that's that's the whole fucking point yeah. is to express yourself through your music if you get into this expecting to make money you're fucked like it's it's a build-up it's like it's you have to get into music and, and all that because you legitimately love to to do it and to express yourself in that way that's yeah. why i love recording because being able to just express myself in that way and being able to get in there and just feel what i've i've written and get a message across or feel accomplished in that that's the feeling you go into anything else that comes after it is is a bonus yeah if you can make it a career that's of course that's the end goal that's that's the goal is to make what you love in anything um your career if you know and you'll, uh, it's so cliche but you'll never work a day in your life if that's the case that's true um yep. so yeah i think uh i think that that shit's extremely important in in the progression and yada 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 but, yeah i agree 100 percent, and i can hear it in in like you said in your music um and so thus since then since you put out the album um what has for the fallen dreams been working on since obviously i know what's been going on the last year but up until that yeah point. yeah um you know we, we did the the last run we did we did direct for of mice which was great absolutely mm -hmm. love those guys another band yeah, that's just been the around they're such mm -hmm. good guys Dude, uh, not a single guy in that band is not like one of the most solid human beings you'll meet. Like, yeah, great people. Everybody. I just had uh, um, Aaron on like two episodes in front of this one. He's Best guy. Yep. yep. So that was the last one we did. Um, and just touring, you know, the, uh, that was the last one. And then went into, uh, honestly, like for the fallen dreams during the pandemic, we we didn't write as much maybe as we should have, but, but that's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like mm -hmm. it was just a time to, to, decompress. to do other things. Yeah. Decompress. Yeah. And cause you know, um, the, the, the grind of, of the six record cycle, not really having a record cycle for it to tour off of. Mm -hmm. uh, cause we didn't land on like, I, we got submitted for so many tours and got passed on a ton. Really? And it was, it was very frustrating. God, um, I hate that. It's weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Passed yeah. on like so many things. Man, I and I would then, think uh, with, uh, with, especially with the social numbers on that video, like you yeah. guys would be everyone's like first pick. For sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a political game though. And unfortunately, yeah. and that's the way it goes. And, uh, yeah, you, you gotta be like a, you gotta be able to play ball and be that industry guy and be the buddy buddy with everybody. But I, I think that's something that FTFD, like, at least I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a, I don't know. I hate, I hate to say this, this fucking word, but like, I'm, I'm not like an industry guy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not in the in crowd. I'm not kissing here, kissing there, going to all I'm these events. You, like, it's why LA is tough for me. Yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. That's, you know what my thing that's is? What, like, I, I like, I really enjoy 
being around people. Like I'm a very yeah. social dude and there are very few people in this world that I don't like. Like I, overall, right. I, I get along with most people and I want people to get along with me and people yeah, yeah. fucking trick me all the time in the industry yeah. into thinking they're my friend. But really, oh, do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I get pissed off is like, oh, I yeah. thought we were buddies, but no. Yeah, you know? that's that's just kind of the like the age old thing of the music industry is is mm-hmm. the the fake smiles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, and that and that comes with age and experience. You realize like, yo, I'm just gonna keep my circle small and keep my nose to the grindstone and, and do what I gotta do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, I mean, I guess I, I don't know if that played part. I'm sure it did or didn't. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um. The six record still did well on its own merit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we took that time off. Uh, Jim, um, you know, had a, had another daughter and just focused on that. And uh, it gave me time to dive back in to what now is the newest Legend release. Yeah, let's talk so. about that. Um, so was this, was it all written during this time or were, have you been writing over the past couple um, years? For the most part, it was all written in, in uh, quarantine. It kind of, it kind of started out uh there was a guy that i was working with on a few tracks um by the name of aaron Shaparian, um great producer songwriter killer dude and we and we wrote like i want to say three or four songs together and um as time went on i was like fuck like i'm worried that if we just pop off a release with no touring or whatever it may be, it's never going to see the light of day. So it's like, I, I need to try and incorporate something a little different here. Like something's got to be different that hasn't been done in the metalcore, deathcore, whatever the fuck you want to call it world. And I was okay. like, out of my circle of friends, there's, I have so many amazing uh, musicians at, you know, at my fingertips that I would love to work with. Yeah. Um, Andrew Tkachik of the Ghost Inside and previous yeah. drummer for the Fallen Dreams, one of my best friends. Uh, it, you know, um, Kalen from Attila, one of my good friends. You know, we've always kept in contact. I've, I met Cody Stewart, who did a song from the Browning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met him through Kalen. Oh, cool. um, yeah, Kalen was just. Uh, did you know Kalen? Uh, I've met him. Yeah. Okay. He's a party animal. So it was like, I think four that's how I met him. We played a show yeah. together in like Peoria, Illinois at like the brass rail. Yeah. Okay. And it was a shit show. It was an yeah, absolute he's a- shit show. I think there was like 20 people at the show. This is like my, my, my old band. It was a blast. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fun, man. He's always, you know, there for a good time. So he, he, he got like a text or I got a text um, at like four in the morning from him with Cody Stewart looped in. I didn't know Cody. And he was like, Hey, Hey Cody, we're in legend now. I was like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, but yo, like for real, let's let's, we can write a song. Let's do some songs together. So yeah. Kayla wrote a song. Uh, Cody wrote a song. And that's Love when it. I kind of, I started putting the idea together. I was like, you know, hip, the hip hop world and, and, and rap and all that and R and B like, they do this shit all the time. Like there's mm-hmm. no set guy. Like that's the only guy we work with. Don't branch out. Da, 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 da. Like, no man, they work with multiple artists, multiple producers, yeah. ghostwriters. Yeah. And I was like, why, why has no one done this? Yeah. Not that I'm but like, you know, reinv- I, I love that. Cause that's exactly my approach to every single, I'm, I like, that's my main focus. I'm a writer. Like that's why I okay. moved out here for the most part. Nice. Um, but like even on like I think on this upcoming Ice Nine release, you know, like 
people have the wrong idea about like quote unquote writers or ghost writers, right? Yeah. It's not like people can't write their own music. It, it yeah. has nothing to do with that, right? Exactly. It's just like having a fresh set of ears or just a different lens to look through stuff. Like I don't even, yes. I can't even count how many people we collaborated with on this upcoming Ice Nine album. Yeah, I want to say there's like 20 to 30 different people that. Fuck yeah, it. man. That's yeah, great. I love that but, shit. That, but, and that's what's weird is that used to be fucking taboo. Yeah, like, I know. Oh, you I guys know. can't write your own shit. You yeah. had a ghostwriter. It's the same with like how it used to be with uh, like not playing through real cabs on stage. I remember Dude, I, could, I, I Yeah, I was, was such that, an asshole about that. And I think everybody I, like, was would never play through an amp again. <laughs> like, no way, man. Like even like backtrack, like backtracking stuff. Like yeah, everybody backed. I remember, I think it was black veil brides. That was what, what kicked it off is really people yeah. saw that their, their cabs weren't plugged in and they fucking flipped out. Yeah, but um, cares? who cares? Right. Like actually, yeah, you know, what's man. funny is like even ice nine, um, my old band, our bass player uh, and drummer owned a custom, um, cab company and they built ice nines cabs but they were just guitar boats just look that looked like cabs you know like that that's been going on for a very long time and but now bands don't even feel like they need to fake it right like we don't have anything yeah it's fine exactly but yeah you know with the collaboration side man it's just um uh as as an artist you you just want to write with you should want to write with as many people as possible like you should want to like it makes you better and that's this release um i feel like now and i've been doing this for a very very long time i feel like after doing this legend release it is like opened a whole new set of eyes to how i approach anything that i touch Mm-hmm. Like, I know I said I wanted to touch on it earlier, but that mentality of that's good enough is no longer holds any space in my mind. Yeah. It's 110%, 90 miles an hour every time or nothing. Mm-hmm. Because working with different artists showed me that you, you have to adapt with each song. Everybody writes a little different. Everyone approaches things a little different. And that in turn as a vocalist pushes you to try. Yeah oddball shit to do strange things there's something to like the exercise of even being able to like hear criticism from someone else right like for sure and i think everyone goes through this as they get older it's like realizing that your attachment to a cool part might is not the best answer for the song yeah for sure like parts to me or like riffs and all that stuff are all expendable at the you know um if the song demands like you know a cleaner approach or whatever right exactly and and it's that exercise of having someone else be like that guitar part is fucking sick but like it's really distracting right 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 and then being able to say i i guess i didn't think of it that way like you're right yeah, it's it's just being being vulnerable in a way of, of putting yourself out there and doing things and, and putting up ideas to people you've never worked with or whatever and just saying like, let's try this or I'm not feeling that or I can do that better. Like you have to to progress as an artist in any way, guitar player, drummer, vocalist, whatever. You have to be that way. Like 
that's why you know like <laughs> egomaniacs who who cannot like take any criticism it ends badly no matter what i don't yeah. give a shit what band I it agree. is yeah. at some point it doesn't matter if it's 10 years five years six months it always ends badly yep because the best artists always collab are collaborating and taking criticism you have to, man. You 100%. have to. It's it's just the way it goes. Like, mm-hmm. and you can be and, and and you can be proud and, and of your work, obviously, and, and yeah. be like you can even be overly. Uh, and I'm guilty of that. I'm probably I'm probably very overly confident in some of my work sometimes. Nah, it doesn't but, show because you've said that but, you hate songs on your album. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but then I have, but then I have people to be like, yeah, that's cool, but like you said, that, that doesn't work right there. Right, right. You right. still got to have that sense of balance where you can, you know, take it, take an ear from somebody else. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I loved it, man. This this uh, this this new legend stuff um, changed a lot of uh, the way I think and approach yeah. mindset um, material. That's great. Yeah. I'm really pumped for that. So you released, what What was the actual date of the release for this? Because you were dropping singles first, right? Yeah. That, I mean, and that's still what it is. So that's we're just I putting. I, was getting, I thought you had said you released it, but I didn't, I didn't see a release. No, it's, 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 so it's also, so we're, there's six, uh, six singles altogether. We've dropped two. Uh, the first one was Psychedelic Nightmare mm-hmm. uh, with, with DL. Uh, mm-hmm. The second was "Spite Me" with uh, Andrew Tkachuk, right? And uh, so we got four fucking bangers. Super thanks, heavy. man. Yeah, super heavy. And super then we got heavy. four four more to go. So I have uh, one with Cody, um, one with Kalen, um, one with Aaron Traparian, and then one with uh, Josh Schroeder, who is the very cool, love it, the guy that I record everything with. And you're gonna just be releasing them one at a time, and that's the intention. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan, that's man. Great. It's just that's just that's there's there's no other way to do it at this point. I think I that's think. awesome. Like it, we, I think it's different for like a band like Ice Nine. It doesn't work with because we're such like a, uh, I guess, um, concept driven right. thing, right. right? But you know, the other band I play in has a strategy similar mindset, like thinking about how other genres are doing it and what's been working for them in just releasing, you know, uh, I think we did three EPs in one year, like just short, okay. like releases, right. Just to keep yeah, it man. fresh instead of just like waiting two years between a bunch of things or whatever. Right. Especially to like launch a project. Yep. It's just a different that, uh, that freedom, that's, I mean, that's the key component in, in putting out your best material is freedom. There's, there's no, there's no managers. There's no labels. There's no fucking 10 different guys just spitting yeah, no off tape. noise. It's just, here's a song. It goes back to the basics of 2002. Of, I just want to put out. Yeah. I just want to put music out. Yeah. I just want to release stuff that I like and that I that I enjoy and I think people will enjoy as well is just the basics, man. Writing mm-hmm. music and nothing else. I don't have to worry yeah. about touring. I don't have to worry about oh, is management gonna like this or is the label gonna approve it? It's it's me, it's another guy, it's a song, and that's it. It's a you spare button. Also, it, it, I feel like that's gotta be much more gratifying in terms of even like whether it's criticism or praise, at least it's right. you, right? And you don't exactly. have to be like, if, if the criticism comes, there's never that like, well, we shouldn't have listened to that guy. Right. Right. It's yep. like, oh, yeah, well, man. now I know. 
you know, I won't make that mistake again or something. Exactly. And that was, uh, yeah, that was just such a eye opener for me, this release. And it's made me push myself, um, to the point to where I'm very confident and comfortable in saying that I am in the best mindset as a, as a vocalist and a lyricist than I've ever been. So, um, love it. Yeah, man. Very, very, very happy with, with where I'm at in a, in a music way for sure. Love it. So when is, when are you planning on having a, when is the next release? If you don't um, have to say, if you don't want to, but. No, it, we're kind of just taking it as it comes. Like Rise is super flexible with everything. So like they have like, they usually have a rough outline of when they want to drop them. It's usually like sure. six weeks in between each other. Mm-hmm. But um if it makes more sense for the song or if, if, if they're putting an uncertain playlist or pitching it to Spotify or Apple music or whatever for this, that whatever makes sense. So it's, it's roughly six weeks apart. So whatever the climate is like, that's when you, whenever is the best time, I guess, as far as the climate goes. Yeah, for sure. Like Like I remember when, you know, the capital, the capital riots were going on and it was like, people needed to like decompress and just kind of, right take a look at what was going on and uh and i rise and i talked about it like let's just wait like let's not not for the sake of oh people aren't going to look at the song but just just so you know people need to take in moments like these and 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 analyze them how they need to with content of yeah i don't yeah exactly i don't want to push music when there's bigger shit going on in the world you know so um yeah it was it's just uh it's it's kind of just winging it and with a, with a label like Rise, the stature that they're at, it's, it's cool to still have the support to win. Yeah, you got a machine behind you, for sure. Right. Rise has really, yeah, yeah. Uh, over the past five or six years, become like the label. It's crazy, man. Yep. Yeah, fucking flogging Molly and uh, DGD I don't know. is just oh. like, I can't yeah. believe how big that band is now, too. It's the nuts. biggest band now, dude. And then so th- those guys. They've been around for a very, very, very long time. I know, man. I know. I like. I remember playing. I think I played the Black Sheep with them with like two hundred people in two thousand. Oh sure. Eleven or twelve, and now they're just yep. like. Yeah. 6, yeah, we were. When FTFD signed with Rise, um, they were like, they're the only other band that's still active that we were on, uh, like at the label at the same time. Ah, you're like legacy with them, huh? Yeah. So dance guy wanted uh, Catherine was like another one. Um, uh, who else? I don't think they're around though. But yeah, dance game. Remember that band? Yep. Catherine. They had all capital letters, like kind of skinny letter font. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Joey Sturgis fonts. Yep. Everybody yep. wants Sturgis. <laughs> that was the way to go. Uh, yep. All right, dude. Well, I'm super excited for you. I think uh, I, I can't wait to hear more legend stuff. Obviously, um, sounds like you've. Uh, I guess have figured out the, I love the mindset you have with this stuff and like all the, everything in the past few years that you've been talking about as far as, you know, writing with people and your approach to releases stuff that I totally align with. So I'm with you. I'm excited to see how it works and I'll I'll definitely keep an eyes on it. Um, Let's, uh, let's move to the last section. Every, every episode we always end with tour stories. Um, like I said before, it can be about anyone. I don't care if you think they'd get mad as long as you're okay with that. I don't care either. Um, but yeah, any, anything's on the table. Okay. Um, I got one that won't embarrass anybody, but just as a crazy fucking story in general. I'm by me. Um, 
so this was, uh, I want to say 2014. Um, we were on a drive from the, the fucking dreaded drive from Salt Lake city to Seattle. And, um, we're, we're going through the pass. Um, we're just on a straightaway drive. I want to say it's like four in the morning and, the uh, I'm driving drive. the worst drive, dude, like the fucking worst. 12 hours. Just yep. got to deal with the pass and wondering yeah. if it's going to piss snow all over you. There's and like you're no wreck. civilization between there and Seattle. Yep. So yeah, we're, we're doing that drive and, uh, I want to say it's like four in the morning. Um, I'm driving, everybody's knocked out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so tired that I don't even want to fucking listen to music. So mm-hmm. it's dead silent, just psycho shit going on in the van. I got the window cracked and out of nowhere, like the entire van and trailer just like jumps forward and I start swerving all over the road. Oh, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like I, I, I got hit by something and I'm looking in the rear view mirror. I see nothing and I'm trying to pull over and like I have to literally muscle the steering wheel to get to the side of the road. Jesus. And I'm like, did I blow a tire? Did something on the fan break? And um, I hear a bunch of clunking going on behind the van. So it's pitch black. Jesus, not a, that's not terrifying. A, not a car in sight. No, no highway lights. So I put on my hazards and I'm just, I, <laughs> I hit the lock button. Cause I'm, I'm like freaking yeah. out. Like it's, I'm like half awake. It's four in the morning. Something's going on. Were you driving? Man, I was you driving. driving. Every, okay. Everyone else is sleeping. You know, and the guy set up like, yes, I don't know how. So and eventually, you know, I, I get it over and I, I throw on the hazard lights and the hazards are blinking off the trailer. I can see, you know, the trailer and I see nothing. And I'm like thinking we're in the middle of nowhere. This is like some fucking UFO weird shit. I'm hitting lock. So I lock the the van doors and just like peek out the window. And all of a sudden I see a guy climb out of our trailer. What? And I'm, yeah, dude. So I'm like, what <laughs> in the fuck is happening? This guy stumbles out of our trailer from the back and like, I throw it in the, I think it was already in park, but I, I, I unlock the doors and I hop out and I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, what the fuck is going on? He's like, I fell asleep. I was like, what? He's like, I fell asleep. And I like run to the back of the trailer. He has a F Ford 150 dually parked inside of our trailer. What the fuck? Yeah, man. So he hit you, got attached perfectly. He hit us doing, I was doing 75 ish. Um, he had to have been doing 90, maybe faster. Oh my God. And it hit us perfectly like re- perfect to launch, launch himself into our trailer, blow out the doors, merch everywhere, fucking Holy shit. Ruin broke up uh, our drummer at the time, Naveed, his acrylic kit. Smash it to fucking pieces. Uh, so what happened was uh, he didn't have his lights on because, uh, like I said, there was no lights. He didn't have his lights on because uh, it was like wee hours in the morning. I don't know. The guy fell asleep 
and launched himself into our trailer. Now, had he hit us on a corner of the trailer, yeah, you would have been fucked. We probably would have started fishtailing and flipped. Yeah, that thing would have just rolled. Right. Had that he not hit us, angle it just starts. Flipping. Yeah, man. Had he not hit us, he could have went into a ditch, hit a tree, yeah. and he would have and he would have died. Yep. So it was the perfect fucking storm, man. So um, I'll have to check it out. Or um, you don't do the video visuals, but you have to check it out. It's on the FTFD we can page. Do, we can uh, do video stuff on our Instagram if it's if you have footage. Yeah, I have a video. So I have a picture of like the the truck perfectly parked inside of our trailer on the side that of the highway. Fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, it was Holy it was shit. wild, man. Yeah. Wow, you got lucky. Yep, and then two weeks later, we were playing FUBAR in St. Louis, Damn, and we got broken stolen. into and got everything stolen. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Dude, it was a fucking tour, let me tell you. Fucking It was FUBAR, one of those, <laughs> yeah, fucking just black hole. It was... Oh, Jesus, how many bands have gotten their shit stolen from that place? Not enough. It sucks because that, band, that the venue is like a cool venue. It's not yeah, bad. Yeah, when they remade it. Yeah, when they redid all the changes to it, made the stage bigger and made yeah. like a long ways. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, much better. I've had some great shows there, but I, I am always we always have someone just we used to have someone sit in the van at that venue. Yeah. I had Crazy. food poisoning that night. So what was weird is I sat in the van all night because I had food poisoning on top of the trailer incident. And uh I was just chilling in the van the whole time. Like only went in to play our set. We cut a few songs, and then as soon as I was done, I was puking. I went out to the van, and the, the door was wide open. Took laptops, wallets, our passports. Oh, um, but they left. They left. I don't know if this is like a strange coincidence or like the guy had a heart, but he left it like a nugget of weed on one of the chairs, like on Just one of the seats. Like not weed that you had. It was like he left his own. I don't know. I don't you. think it was ours. But they were like, yeah, he was like. <laughs> Fucking, he was like, you're going to need this after I steal all your shit. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Like the fucking the nug fairy just left a, a nugget right there on the seat. and was like, That's y'all are going to so need funny. this because I took You should have put up a post being like, we bought weed in St. Louis. It cost us a few grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was oh, wild. Man, but, uh, what a shitty tour. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, uh, the shows were, it was with Amity, the Amity affliction. So it was oh, actually really, really oh, nice. Yeah, it was actually really oh, sick, man. Fuck, man. That's Side. a pretty crazy story. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No wow. drunken bar fights, but I got a F1, a Ford 150 uh, truck story for you. So there's always, you know, we've had so many stories that are just about driving through that pass. Yep. A lot, a lot of shit goes down there. I 80, man. It's, yep. Yeah. It's I 80. Yeah. Yep. It's scary. Madness. All right, dude. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Great story. Yeah, brother. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm like, after talking to you, I'm like totally bought into like both of your bands now. I just really want to see what yeah, happens man, thank with you. your approach to it. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We'll definitely, um, you know, keep tabs on it and hopefully we can chat again. Um, cool. Before we la- wrap up, uh, do you mind just shouting out socials, stuff where they, people can find you and your bands, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, Instagram is just uh, handle is, is Chad Rulig. Uh, same is uh, FTFD Band and uh, LGND Band Official for the Legend Instagram. Uh, same on uh, Twitter, um, Facebook. I don't know if anybody uses that thing anymore, but yeah, Facebook it's it's on there too. And uh, 
yeah, man, it's, it's, Sweet. it's pretty much it. I don't have like a any other sites. I try and stay off as much as I yeah, can. Yeah, I do too. I think I only socially, really use Instagram. And even yep. then, like once a month, I post something. Um, yes, sir. But yeah, dude, again, thank you so much. This was fun. We'll chat again soon. Yeah, sure. 100%. And good All luck, right. man. Like I said, the Ice Nine, uh, you guys are killing it. Stoked thank for you guys. Thank you so much, dude. So good luck. That. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, brother. And, and uh, obviously to you as well. Awesome, man. All right, dude. Thanks again. Yes, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Bye. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.